Thanks for tuning in for Love, Live, Lead, the broadcast ministry of Christ Community Church of Imperial Valley. We would love to help you plan your visit, so we encourage you to visit our website at www.cccciv.org for service times and our events calendar. Or get the app. You'll find the Christ Community Church IV mobile app in your app store for Apple or Android devices. It was a hot and muggy day, and the air was filled with the smells of gunpowder and blood. I can't imagine that he ever thought that it would look like this when at 11 years old, he answered President Lincoln's call to join the Union Army at 11 years old. His father had left, and he said, if my daddy's going to go, I'm going to go. I want to be by my daddy's side. And he gets there to enlist, and he's just too small to walk out onto the battlefield with a weapon, so they give him a drum. But he takes seriously his call as the drummer boy for that battalion, for that cavalry. And there, that muggy July day, in 1862, the troops are, they're just overrun. They're being routed by the Confederate army. And men are dropping their weapons and running back across the battle lines, running back towards home. But not little Willie Johnston. He keeps beating his drum. He keeps beating his drum, and people are running past him in every direction, dropping their weapons. No other little drummer boys left with drums, only Willie Johnston. And Willie Johnston knows that if his troops, if his comrades in arms, if there's any way that they're going to be led back to safety, he has to keep beating his drum so they know where to go. You see, his task as the drummer boy was to beat that drum and to give directions all across the field in the midst of gunfire erupting, in the midst of people falling down dead. He had to keep beating his drum. The troops needed to know what to do, and a certain drum beat meant go forward. A certain drum beat meant it's time to retreat. A certain drum beat said go to the right or to the left. And so little Willie Johnston, he kept beating his drum because he knew that if he stopped beating his drum, it meant certain defeat for his friends. So even though the older, which should have been braver and and more courageous men, were dropping their weapons because they were fleeing so fast from the enemy, not little Willie Johnston. And when they came back to camp, he came back still beating his drum so that all those soldiers could follow behind him. Is there a much braver thing that a person can do than go out to a field of battle and not have a weapon but have a drum? Eleven years old, he enlists. He's twelve years old when this battle takes place. Twelve years old. All of the weapons are left. He keeps his drum because he knows that if he doesn't lead the men with the beat of his drum, that they will die. That, my friends, is a leader. That is someone who is inspired, who takes seriously their call to lead the charge, 
They're not going to abandon their weapon or their drum on the field of battle. Not little Willie Johnston. And it's interesting because we see in our text this morning in the book of Judges how the, the men have been led into the land of promise by Joshua, Moses' successor. And they were led there valiantly. They were said to take out all of the people, to wipe out all of the inhabitants of Canaan, because if they don't, there's going to be seeds that will pervert and, and that will distort and that will somehow disrupt the faith of the Israelites. But they didn't drive out all the inhabitants. They left little pockets and little seeds of people that will pervert their faith. And it comes to a point in time in every man's life where every man is going to take their last breath. And the same happened with Joshua. But when Joshua died, the people didn't know what to do because they had lost their leader. He was the one who was out in front leading the charge. He was the one out in front beating the drum. He was the one who was listening to God's voice, listening for, well, God, which direction should we go? God, what should we do? Who should we take next? Which land should we go into next? How should we divide out the land? He was the one who was listening to the voice of God and then was giving that away to the people. He was the drummer on the battlefield, and they lost their drummer, and the people didn't know what to do. And the book of Judges is a history of the children of Israel failing over and over and over again because they didn't have a leader. They left those pockets. Their faith became perverted. Their faith became distorted. And because of it, they were judged time and time again at the hands of their enemies by the Lord. If you have your Bible, open up your scriptures to the book of Judges chapter 2. Judges chapter 2. We're going to pick it up in verse 6. It says this, it says, When Joshua dismissed the people, the people of Israel went each to his inheritance to take possession of the land. Now, he dismissed everyone. He says, okay, now we're done conquering the lands. Even though there were some peoples left that they hadn't conquered, he says, go back, settle in. Enjoy what the Lord has blessed you with. We're here in this land flowing with milk and honey. Now go back and enjoy what God has blessed you with. The people, verse 7, and the people served the Lord all the days of Joshua. When their leader was there, when their drummer boy was there, they were fine. When they had that clear direction, when there was someone at the front of the line, at the front of that battlefield line, seeking God's heart, listening to God's voice, they were fine. They served the Lord all the days of of Joshua and all the days of the elders who outlived Joshua, who had seen the great work that God had done for Israel. Verse 8, and Joshua, the son of Nun, the servant of the Lord, died at the age of 110 years old. Forgive me, Lord, but I hope I don't live to 110. <laughs> I just can't imagine that going very well, right? He died at 110 years old, verse 9, and they buried him within the boundaries of his inheritance in the Timnath, Heres, and the hill country of Ephraim, north of the mountain of Gash. And all that generation were gathered to their fathers. Now listen to this. This is maybe one of the saddest scriptures that I can remember reading in all of the Bible. And there arose another generation after them who did not know the Lord or the work he had done for Israel. Now think about this just for a moment because... We've been reading this over and over and over again, how the Lord says 
Yes, you're, you're to listen to my word, you're to obey my word, and you're to teach my word to your children and to their children's children, correct? Amen. The Shema, we went through this. Pastor Dennis shared on it some on a Wednesday night. Pastor Walter went through it in depth. Here's the thing. These people were so preoccupied with settling their territories, with taking their possession, with building their homes and, and acquiring their wealth and settling their families in place that they neglected to teach God's word to them. They forgot that the first thing God said to do is you need to pass these stories down to other generations. You need to share these stories with your children and their children's children. And so there they are. They're settling their territory. They're taking their possession. They're beginning to sow in their roots. They're, they're beginning to, to plant seeds and to harvest and to sow and to harvest and to sow and to build and to harvest. And they're not instructing their children in the ways of the Lord. And so there arose a generation after them that didn't know what God had done or what God was capable of doing. Listen carefully, Christian, this morning. Can you read between the lines the implication that is there for every single one of us? In the midst of the chaos and the busyness of our careers and our lives, and we want a little bit bigger home, and we want a little bit nicer car, and we want a little bit longer vacation, and we want another zero at the end of our, our savings account, and we need a little bit more money in our retirement plans, and we say, tomorrow I'll teach my children about the Lord. Tomorrow I'll get to sowing those seeds into their hearts. Tomorrow I'll begin to preach and to teach God's word to them, and tomorrow never comes. And there arose a generation after that generation that didn't know the Lord, nor the works that the Lord had done in Israel. If you're here this morning, and you're convicted by that word, and you think, Lord, forgive me because I've been that person who's been busy building my career and building my house and getting that nicer car, there's hope for you today because you can change direction right now. You can say no more. You can say, I'm going to get my priorities straight. I'm going to begin sowing that good seed, the word of God, into my child's heart so that I can see that blossom and bear fruit even unto other generations. You can begin sowing that seed this morning. How sad. There arose a generation after that generation that didn't know the Lord, know the work that he had done in Israel. Verse 11 and the people of Israel, because of this, they didn't know God's word. They didn't know what he was capable of. They didn't know what he had done. The people, verse 11, of Israel did what was evil in the sight of the Lord and served the Baals, and they abandoned the Lord, the God of their fathers, who had brought them out of the land of Egypt and went after other gods from among the gods of the peoples who were around them and bowed down to them. And they provoked the Lord to anger. So because they didn't know God, because they didn't know how to worship the Lord, because they hadn't been taught by their parents before them who were busy settling and taking possession of the land, too busy to teach God's word because of it, they looked around at the landscape and the people that were left there in Canaan, and they watched how those people were worshiping. And they said, that must be how we're supposed to worship God. So they begin to worship God the way the world worships God. And they begin to offer sacrifices and offerings to the gods of the Canaanites because they didn't know the Lord God of Israel. Can you hear that? And I pray that each of us would look 
at our children's lives, no matter how old your child is, and that we would ask ourselves, are our children offering up themselves to the Lord God of Israel, or are they offering themselves up to the ways of the world? Because if we haven't shown them what it should look like to worship God, they will find a way to worship. They will bring their affections and their emotions, and they will give over themselves to the things of the world because we didn't show them what it looks like to worship God. They will find a way to worship. They will find something to give themselves over to. And before you know it, they will be far spent, and it'll, it'll be almost too late to bring them back. But prayer avails. And you can change that course today. And you can begin living a life of example in worship of the Lord God of Israel. The true God. The God of all gods. The King of all kings. So they bowed down to them. They, this provokes the Lord to anger. Verse 13. They abandoned the Lord. They gave the Lord up. They just abandoned the ways of the Lord. They abandoned the Lord and served the Baals and the Asheroth. So the anger of the Lord was kindled against Israel, and he gave them over to plunderers who plundered them, and he sold them into the hand of their surrounding enemies so that they could no longer withstand their enemies. Whenever they marched out, the hand of the Lord was against them for harm, as the Lord had sworn to them, and they were in terrible distress. They were being plundered by their enemies time and time again, God's hand against them because they had abandoned the ways of the Lord and went after the ways of the world. If your life isn't bearing fruit this morning, could it be that you've abandoned the ways of the Lord and sought the ways of the world, and so God can't bless that? And you wonder why it's so difficult to make ends meet. You wonder why your relationships are so strained. You wonder why your marriage just can't be right. If you have abandoned the ways of the Lord and went after the ways of the world, God will not he will not allow you to prosper in that state. He will call you to repentance. He will allow you to reach a place of utter brokenness so that you call out to him because he knows that he is all that you really need. The Lord's hand is against them. They're in terrible distress. Look at verse 16. But God is gracious, isn't he? In the midst of all of our failures... In the midst of all of our shortcomings, in the midst of every time that we've sinned or been led astray or turned our backs, there is God waiting for us to turn back to him and to offer unto us grace. His grace and his mercy is waiting for you. Look at this. Then the Lord raised up judges, leaders. We'll look more at this word in a little while. The Lord raised up judges who saved them out of the hand of those who had plundered them. God brought leaders who would lead them back. In his grace, God says, I hear my people's cries. Listen to this. He says, yet they did not listen to their judges, and they whored after other gods and bowed down to them. They soon turned aside from the way in which their fathers had walked, who had obeyed the commandments of the Lord, and they did not do so. Whenever the Lord raised up judges for them, the Lord was with the judge, and he saved them from the hand of their enemies all the days of that judge. For the Lord was moved to pity by their groaning, because of those who had afflicted and oppressed them. If you're in that place where you are not being prospered, where your life is in shambles, where you feel like you're in ruins, like you're at the bottom, the bottom of that valley, and the only place for you to look is up. If you're in that place, did you hear what just happened there? The children of Israel were in that place time and time again, but in that affliction, 
in that brokenness, they cried out to God. They groaned in their spirit for deliverance by the hand of God, and God raised up a judge to deliver them time and time and time again. Are you in that place this morning maybe where you need to cry out to God and in your spirit you need to groan and you need to say, Lord, I am so desperate for you. I've made a wreck of my life and the only way out of this is for you to come and for you to deliver me and lead me out of this bondage. Because if you will allow your spirit to come to that broken place and to groan in your heart of hearts, God will meet you in that place and he will deliver you just as he did for Israel. But time and time again, God raised up a judge. Here's the cycle. Can you see it? The judge dies. The people are afflicted. They're oppressed. God raises up another judge because he hears the groanings. That judge delivers the people. The land has rest. And that judge dies. And the people go astray. And they're oppressed. And they're persecuted. And they're judged. And then God raises up a deliverer because he hears the cries of the people. And that judge brings deliverance and rest to the land. And the land has rest. And then that judge dies. And the cycle begins anew every time. Same cycle, over and over and over again. Do you ever feel like your life is in that cycle? That's a really sad place to be, isn't it? Where you never truly walk in victory because you're stuck in that endless cycle over and over and over again. God's there to deliver you. He sees you through that tough time and you allow your heart to be led astray all over again. And you're back in that pit, back in that valley, and you cry out to God, and God delivers you again, and there you are, you're finally, you're walking with the Lord, you're doing really well, you're really strong with God, and you allow your heart to be led astray. And you end up in the pit in the valley, and you cry out to God, and God hears your cry, and he restores you, and he places you back on the top of that mountain, and your heart is strong, and you're doing really well with the Lord, and your heart is led astray. God wants more for you than that, friends. God doesn't want you to be on that roller coaster. He doesn't want you to be on those peaks and those valleys. He wants you to be as close to him on that mountaintop as you can possibly be. You have to keep your eyes and your heart fixed on him. So these people, over and over again, look at this, verse 19. Whenever the judge died, whenever their leader died, they turned back and they were more corrupt than their father's. Each generation that went past, when they slid back into sin, they slid back into that oppression, they slid back into that pit, each generation that passed, it progressively got worse and worse and worse and worse. And that's how sin works, isn't it? That's exactly the way sin works. Sin gets just worse and worse and worse. And if you, as a man or woman of God in this church today, are not willing to take a stand and to say, no more. If you're not willing to be the one to say, the, the sin stops with my generation, the sin stops with me, Amen. then your children will continue to be led astray and the progressively get worse and worse and their life will be in ruin because you weren't willing to say, no, it stops with me. No more. No more cycles, no more peaks and valleys, no more roller coaster. My heart will be set on the Lord, my eyes will be set on the Lord, and I will call my children to set their eyes and their heart on the Lord as well. The cycle doesn't have to keep going. These people, their judges died. Their hearts were led astray. They became worse and worse and worse and worse. Why? Because Israel needed leaders who would lead them into the promised land. If you're taking notes, that's your first point. Israel needed leaders 
who would lead them into the promised land. Joshua was a leader like that. Moses was a leader like that. And God raises up judges in the midst of this. Some of them were good. Some of them were bad. But God raises up deliverers so that they could be the ones to lead the people. Show them, this is what it should be like to worship God. This is what it should be like to conquer in the name of the Lord. This is what it should be like to have victory for God. The people of Israel needed leaders to lead them into the land of promise. Now, what does a leader need in order to be able to lead effectively? Turn with me to Judges chapter 3. And we're going to see that judges need anointing. How many of you understand that in order to lead effectively, if, if anyone's going to lead effectively today, the church of God, they're going to have to be anointed by God's spirit. You cannot lead effectively in the midst of the body of Christ without the spirit of Christ dwelling within you. So if you're taking notes, write that down. Write down that leaders need anointing. They must be anointed. And we see this in the case of Othniel. Othniel, pick it up in verse 7 of chapter 3. It says, And the people of Israel did what was evil in the sight of the Lord. Here's that cycle again, isn't it? You see this cycle. The people of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord. They forgot the Lord their God and served the Baals and the Asheroth. And therefore, the anger of the Lord was kindled against Israel, and he sold them into the hand of Cushan Rithmaskit. That's a big name, king of Mesopotamia. And the people of Israel served the big name eight years. But when peop- the people of Israel cried out to the Lord, the Lord raised up a deliverer for the people of Israel who saved them, Othniel, the son of Kenaz, Caleb's younger brother. The spirit of the Lord was upon him. And he judged Israel. He went out to make war. And the Lord gave the big name, king of Mesopotamia, into his hand. Right? So God raises up Caleb's nephew, Othniel, to be the deliverer that the children of Israel needed. Their hearts were led astray. They were led into sin. They were taken where they were being judged basically by by Mesopotamia. These people were ravaging their children and their homes, taking from them. And so God raises up a deliverer. God raises up a deliverer. There is hope. And so in the book of Judges, we're going to see this over and over and over again, this cycle. But then God, in his grace and in his mercy, he hears the cries of his people. And so he will raise up for them a deliverer who will lead them out of the pit, who will lead them out of the valley. And maybe, just maybe, God is calling you to be one of those deliverers for someone today. Do you know anyone in your life that is in a pit or in a valley? That there's just a cloud hanging over their head all of the time. They walk around with their tail tucked between their legs and there's no joy. There's just, it's just a a sadness on their countenance all of the time. Could it be that God is looking to you this morning and he says, I want to raise you up. To be the leader, to lead that person out of that state. To lead that person back into the light. To lead them out of the pit. That pit of sorrow and that pit of despair. And to bring them into a land. And to show them all that God has blessed them with. Could it be that God is calling you to be one of those deliverers today? You cannot be that deliverer that God has called you to be if you don't have God's spirit anointing you. You have to desire God to anoint you in that way. In Acts chapter 1 verse 8 it says... That God, Jesus calls the church, his disciples who are waiting. He says, you wait. You wait in Jerusalem until you are endued 
with power from upon high. And the Holy Spirit will come upon you. And then you're going to be powerful witnesses for me. The Holy Spirit will come upon you. The word literally means will be all over you. It will be resting upon you. You're going to be completely covered with the Spirit. That's what I want my life to be marked by. Thanks for tuning in for Love, Live, Lead, the broadcast ministry of Christ Community Church in Imperial Valley. Christ Community Church has campuses in El Centro, Calexico, and Brawley with services in English and in Spanish. Your kids are going to love our kids' church. Plus, we have a lively youth ministry and young adults group. You're welcome to call the church office at 760-337-9400 with your questions. Or leave us a message on the Christ Community Church IV mobile app, the cccivy.org website, or direct message us on social media. We are really looking forward to meeting you. So again, the website is www.cccivy.org or call 760-337-9400 so we can plan your visit.